0: Welcome back, MeSuite listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The MeSuite podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C Suites lead the companies we most admire. The C Suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, Is everything running smoothly in our day-to-day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On today's episode of the Mi Suite, we are going to talk to someone who has been living a Mi Suite mindset and has some tips and considerations for the listeners. Today's guest is Halal Coach Savji. She leads product development and marketing for the international markets at a place you may have heard of called Facebook. She is based in London, and in that role, she has accountability for their platforms across Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram and Messenger. So a lot of the work that Halal does, I think, is touching all of our lives. She has a career prior in investment banking, management consulting, and startup advisory. She's from the San Francisco area, but has lived abroad for the largest portions of her life. Turkey, Argentina, Russia, now the UK, as I mentioned. She really has been ahead of the wave. In my mind, her entire career, she has been passionate about the way technology is improving lives. Before I think a lot of us were really appreciating the technology wave, she has always been very bright at sensing trends and staying relevant. And as listeners know, part of the Me Sweet mindset is staying relevant for the future that we desire to have. I am thrilled today to introduce to you Halal Coach Savji.
1: Donna, it's so great to hear from you. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Hello, I can't wait for the listeners to hear your core values and how they have helped shape key decisions in your life. Can we start there?
1: Sure, absolutely, Donna. So I think there's three main areas I want to share around what really matters to me in terms of values, and that's curiosity, passion, and humility. And mm. I think really all three of those are not only working on a personal level, but on a professional level as well, and really are key to living a fulfilling life. So I think on the the curiosity side, it's really about starting with a learning mindset, asking questions, listening, embedding yourself in different environments, like physically, like for example, traveling to a different country or in different types of networking or work events. It really helps you stay well-rounded, constantly learning and increases your ability to connect the dots and gain confidence in adapting yourself to different situations.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When I think about passion, I mean, the, the word's pretty clear and obvious to most, but I think for me, it really means showing clear intent and enthusiasm. And then the third thing I mentioned is really around humility. Again, a pretty obvious word, but, but I think it's really key to encouraging conversation. When you come with a humility, you can increase your ability to make strong connections and build a network that will support you throughout your life.
0: Mm. I really like this humility one. I remember a time when you and I had been uh, working together. Our work lives had intersected many, many years ago. And you were traveling the world and doing your international thing. And everybody was only using email. And I go out to the mailbox, and there's this little card in my mailbox. And I open it up, and it's from you. And I don't even know if you remember this, but it was a, <laughs> it was a handwritten which shocking, people write handwritten thank you notes. It was a handwritten thank you note that you had written to me. And I was just moving out of a house last year that I had been living in for 20 years. I found that thank you note in a box. And it was so elegant and so thoughtful and handwritten made it so special. And I think that that really speaks to this core value that you mentioned about humility and just about gratitude. And it was a very special touch.
1: That's so kind of you, Donna. Absolutely. I do remember it. And I really enjoy handwritten notes. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of my favorite things because I really think it changes people's mindset. Even, to be honest, even when it was more common,
0: it's Uh it's
1: just not that commonly done, especially in a business context. And I really think it changes the equation. To be honest, I also look forward to even email thank you notes. It's genuinely my expectation, both from when I interview people and then later when I connect with people in different companies, that Mm -hmm. there is that level of follow-up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I like uh, me sweet listeners to take away nuggets of things that we can start doing differently on Monday. And this is one, it's very simple and it's very special. And think about somebody that you want to write that handwritten note to Monday. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for doing that. It was very special. So let's shift gears here. Let's go into a part of our conversation about what it means to you to live with a me sweet mindset.
1: I love the way that you've actually named the, this series because really, I think the beginning part is the me part, right? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, you really have to get to know yourself and what makes you unique. That's, that's a fundamental baseline. And, like, and surprisingly, it's actually often overlooked. And it's hard to do this um, via introspection. There are so many tools available today. So if it's sort of like doesn't come to you immediately, what makes you unique and special, there's so many different personality tests, self-assessments, a number of different ways to really identify your strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I would recommend um, for the listeners as well. On Monday, like start your Monday finding out exactly what those are for you and see those in a written format. So one tip I can give is, an, um, is a tool that I've used in the past with myself and also the teams that I manage. And that's called StrengthsFinder.
0: Yeah.
1: It's essentially an assessment online. And basically, it allows you to, uh, through a survey, really identify what uh, your strengths are. And it really resonated with me because it points out, for example, things like what is your greatest value add to a team? Mm. What is your ability to, to stand out? In, in my case, um, one of my main strengths was my ability to cut through complexity and mm-hmm. find the heart of the matter. Great. And so that really resonated with me because it was something that I would have, it, it made sense when I read it, but it's not something that I would have immediately called out as a strength of mine. And as I started doing research on that matter, Another quote I read from uh, Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, stood out to me. He said that one of the key characteristics he looks for in leadership teams and in interviews for leadership positions is the ability to bring clarity. Mm. And so that resonated with me. I thought, okay, if this is a strength of mine, how do I continue to position myself in situations in which I can bring clarity to complexity? Mm -hmm. And that's just one example. I mean, there's so many other interesting strengths, but leading with your strengths and knowing what those are Helps position you independently and gives you more strength and more viability for a long-term career.
0: Yeah.
1: One of the key things that I learned in my career um, was really from an executive I worked with at Google. And that was just around how powerful variety can be in a career. Mm. A lot of times people want to sometimes the advice you get is like, okay, start with one, for example, functional area in a particular uh, company and work your way up you know, don't switch around jobs too much, et cetera. But what he told me was, think about your career as a painting, like a Monet painting and build a mosaic of a career. No one really wants a one-dimensional athlete, right? One person that can only hit or that one person that can only do a certain type of of workout or move, right? They want people who have done a lot, made a lot of mistakes, Mm -hmm. had a lot of success, managed big teams, managed small teams, have technical skills, but can do people things can be strategic and think empathetic, you really want to have breadth as opposed to necessarily always depth. Yeah. And that really stood out to me because I think for me, it made a lot of sense of the way I thought about my career, but I was never able to articulate that way. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, someone else, someone else sees it this way as well. And I think it gives people more courage and optionality Mm. and the, the ability to really, Step outside of your zone, switch careers, try something different, move countries, and really give yourself the ability to build
0: on different points in a painting. I love it. And this is the imagery you were calling the mosaic.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it up close, for example, you might have a couple of tiles, none of which really make sense next to each other. But when you zoom out, sometimes you need a lot of different experiences to be that person that can think big picture and really connect the dots yeah across a number of areas
0: yeah i love that imagery i also love the way you said courage and optionality there is a me sweet episode called options are power and mm-hmm. it's all about the concept of options give you freedom options give you choice mm-hmm. options give you power so I, I love that you're reinforcing that from your own experiences with the power that comes from optionality
1: yes absolutely and i think it also reminds me of um one of the executives here at facebook that i was um speaking to earlier he, thinking about the long-term and the big picture. Uh-huh. He always tells me, um, you know, we're in 2020 now, unbelievably. And I asked him, hey, what's top of mind for you? Mm-hmm. And he literally said to me, actually, I'm thinking about where I want to be in 2023 and working back. And I thought, wow, okay. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's a different way of thinking about things, right? So he's running a large business area. And he really is thinking, not what is top of mind for me today, yeah, but where do I want to be in 2023? And what are some of the things that I need to do in the meantime? And how do I work back? And I think this helps a lot when you think about your personal life and your professional life as well. Like, Mm. where do you want to be when, say, you're, you know, I don't know, maybe midlife if you're 50 or whatever it is, and you want to think about where where do I want to be by that point? What experiences do I want? Who is the kind of person I want to be? And work back from that, I think helps you also realize that you might need to make some changes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love this guy. I don't even know him. Yeah. But I but I love it. It's yeah.
1: yeah. It's great. And he told me, he told me, you know, by, by when you're thinking about something like 2023,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the really, the only things that come, come to mind at that point are people you grew,
0: mm. businesses
1: you started, and partners you grew. Mm. And those are the dimensions in which he thinks about where he wants to be in 2023. Like in those sort of hot, big picture buckets as opposed to not necessarily something like I want to, you know, run X amount of sales or I want to build this product. It's more about who are the types of people that you grew? Yeah. What type of businesses do you want to support and start? And what are the partners that you grew?
0: Yeah, that's amazing. He's not like sitting next to you right now and we can pull him into the interview, is he? No, I no? wish. Okay.
1: <laughs> we do this thing called vision writing
0: at Facebook, actually.
1: And it's essentially, not necessarily that far ahead, but at least one or two years ahead. Mm-hmm. Essentially writing the headline that you would want to see one when you look back a year later.
0: Wow, good! And that,
1: to me, has helped incredibly in my personal life. Uh-huh. Actually, it's funny. My husband and I did that. Uh-huh. Uh, this is before we got married, and we actually at one point sort of had one of those like deep, long discussions about what's the future of our relationship. And uh-huh. we talked about where we see ourselves and where we want to be in a year or two, which includes all like, sort of like your personal life as well as how your relationship fits into that. Mm-hmm. And it helped a lot in really clarifying and making sure we were aligned. And I definitely suggest that people do that, even if it's a couple years or a year. If you can just sort of see where you want to be by January 2021
0: 20, yeah. in
1: every aspect of your life, it really helps you realize and do like a, a broad mental check-in as to like what's actually missing. Mm-hmm. And one thing I would encourage people to do now, I'm currently in the Bay Area, uh, even though I live in London, and one of the things I often hear when I talk about this type of thing is. You know, I want to have worked out a lot. For example, I want to you know be more consistent with my diet and workout. That's sort of more of the detail. I think take it one picture up, one level above, like up level some of the thinking. I often feel people want to get really sort really of pigeonholed into specific areas. When we talk about where you want to be in January 2021, it should be that you are you know healthy, leading a sustainable life. You know, have the energy to do you know to take part in your interests, etc. And the working out and the diet are sort of smaller parts of that. Yeah. But not necessarily the actual broader
0: goal. Mm-hmm. I love it. Can you walk me through a moment the vision writing that you did with your husband when you were dating? What did that mm-hmm. exercise look like? Are you literally at a table with pen and paper? What what did that look like?
1: Oh, that's great. So I think given modern technology, we were essentially just sitting at a table and both of us wrote it on our phones. Okay. On like the notes. Um, essentially we took it was funny. I brought it up, and then we thought about it for a second. Each of us quietly thought about what we wanted to do, wrote some notes down on our phones, and then essentially wrote it back to each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And some parts were quite aligned; other parts were not exactly. We actually—it's funny—we like I did something a little bit higher level, as in I tried to break it out into like every six months what I was sort of thinking about in my life, and he brought it down almost monthly, which was wow, which was crazy. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all, but uh-huh. it was. It was really nice to really understand, like, truly where, and I think it helps a lot in relationships as well, like Mm -hmm. where your partner wants to be in certain aspects of their life and how you can understand and support them. Yeah. You really have to be intentional and share with others what your goals are for them to happen. Yeah. You can't expect people to sort of anticipate them unless you declare or share where you want to work together.
0: Yeah. I also love it because... As you're aware, I have been in a dual career relationship also. And I find that relationships can be two things. They are a catalyst for you to do better than you could have done alone. But they're also compromises. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Relationships are catalysts and compromises. And I really like the way you took this very deliberate approach around the visioning exercise. I think that we can learn a lot from you. Thank you for sharing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with you. I think there is something to be said where your partner was, is always there to both, one, help you sort of realize what your strengths are and, and sort of pump you up and make sure that you are your best self, but they're also there in, in a way and sometimes um, adding to constraints. Yeah. And so I think it actually ends up building creativity in a certain way of like how you overcome certain obstacles and then how you also realize what your strengths are, because your partner will be able to say that as well. I think it's very interesting when you ask, for example, your partner, what would be the, the three words that you would describe me as? Yeah. Like if you just take a moment, maybe on Monday for your listeners, and Donna, your your partner is lovely as well. Um, I know him from previous life as well. And just taking a moment to ask them, what would be the three words you would describe me as to someone else? And then that kind of shows you how they actually, how how they see you and how they see what your strengths are.
0: Yeah. I love this challenge. I'm going to do it. I'm in.
1: Yeah. It's great. And then ask your mother. It's like, ask your partner, your mother, and your best friend, and Uh see how all three might be different. Or the best part is sometimes that one of the words, like let's just say one of the three words, is actually the same across three. Right. And that's when you know you're actually leading with your strengths, and you are showing up and people are using the words Uh that are aligned to what your strengths are.
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I'm that kind of person that's going to go do that. So, I'll I'll have to send you a note. Oh my
1: god, absolutely please report <laughs>
0: back. <laughs> I love it. And I hope listeners do it too. I would love to see if they go through this exercise what they find. I would love to hear from folks. Absolutely. So, are there any last what I call me sweet sweeteners, any other final tips you want to leave for people that are trying to live a me sweet mindset? Don't feel
1: that you need to be like your identity cannot be tied to a company. Because unfortunately, even if it's your own company, to be honest, you know, we yes. use this example in the most basic Steve Jobs example. Apple was his life and his job. And uh-huh. guess what? Even Apple kicked him out, right? So, yeah, you know, he eventually went back. But, you know, these things, you can never tie yourself to that because that cannot be your identity. And it, will ne- it won't make you happy in the long run. So mm-hmm. you really have to know yourself. And I really think you have to minimize regret and take that leap of faith. Chase. A dream, chase an outcome of where you want to be in a couple of years. If that means being closer to your family, if that means showing up in a different way, like make sure that you are taking the steps towards that because there's nothing worse than tying yourself to something that is not core to you and basically um, regretting having done that. That's pretty much probably the worst outcome. And I think as we, as we start thinking and becoming intentional in life, we can avoid that.
0: Yeah. It's amazing to hear somebody who is as career-oriented and as career-successful as you have been to give this very sound advice about not having your identity be your job. Absolutely. That's amazing. I feel very
1: strongly about that.
0: Yeah, I can tell you do, and I appreciate you sharing that you feel strongly about that because I don't think that that's what people would think is the natural answer, and you're helping giving us a real nice dose of reality. I really appreciate you being transparent and sharing lessons for people about what it's meant for you to lead yourself with a Me Suite mindset, even though you might not have had that exact vocabulary for it. I think you're very mm-hmm. insightful. Continue to work your magic. Thank you.
1: Oh, you're so you're so kind, Donna. Likewise. Thank you so much for including me. Really appreciate it. I'm very excited about Me Suite.
0: Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at TheMeSuite.com. That's The-Me-Suite.com. Suite Suite like Executive Suite. That's The-Me-Suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded.